Good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. This is BRN AM for Tuesday, November 21st, 2023. And our top story, have lower mortgage rates actually boosted real estate demand? And joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Carl Delmont is with Freedmont Mortgage. Carl, always great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it's always a pleasure. I love talking. We had Guy Sabatino on, I want to say a couple of weeks ago, talking about his perspective on the housing market. We're going to get to your perspective in a few minutes, but I want to start off with mortgage rates. And um, mortgage rates, I think we're up close to 8%. Where do we stand as of our recording date, which is now? Uh, now it's Monday, Monday morning. Yeah, I mean, rates have come down somewhat in the past week, week and a half. Um, you know, we're going to be probably in the low sevens, which, you know, doesn't sound great, but coming off to all-time highs, that, well, not the all-time, but the recent highs, you know, it's it's a welcome situation. And uh, I've been saying for a while that I think Q2 of next year is where we're going to see rate relief. We may see it sooner, but I expect some volatility between now and then. But, you know, for the most part, here's what people need to understand. You know, when right now, if you're emotionally and financially ready to buy a house, then now may be a good time because once rates do drop and stay at a certain level, demand's going to increase, which means competition's going to be crazy. And just Econ 101, right? Supply and demand probably means home prices will stay where they are or go up. So you can always refinance when rates drop. And there's a lot of programs out there where you can get in now and have a temporary low rate, whether it's a buy down or an adjustable or things of that nature. Yeah. Um, ha have you seen applications kind of come down. I know last year maybe wasn't the best year for mortgage lenders and, and mortgage apps, but have you seen things pick up uh, in terms of volume? Yeah, I mean, you know, 2022, we saw volume drop, you know, precipitously, but then uh, 23, we saw several quarters that were good, but maybe not fantastic. And then I would say like fall of this year, you saw applications drop somewhat. Um, of late, it's picking up, at least for us. We've had a pretty good October, November, and we're seeing applications pick up. More people actually asking to get pre-qualified, maybe assuming that springtime is when they're going to be ready to buy, but find out what they need to do now, whether it's credit scores, down payments. And, and that's another thing, too. There's a lot of grant programs and other things out there for people who, even if you have the 20% down, ask your loan officer to broker up a couple different options and find out if you put a little bit less money down and keep more in the, your bank, right? maybe there's some options out there that can make work out for you. So look at everything that's available and make sure that you find the right product and the program for your situation. And, and Carl, I just want to go back to something you said. You corrected yourself when you said historically highs, historically relative maybe to 2008. But yeah. you and I both grew up, well, I grew up in the 70s and 80s. In the yeah. 80s, we had, we had double digit inflation, but we had double digit mortgage rates. How, how high, do you remember how high historically those rates well, were? Prime got almost 19% back in the eighties and mortgage rates were about 16 or so. So, I mean, yeah, but then again, by comparison, the average home price was about 48,000 income was far lower. And it's interesting because back then, when you look at the amount of your income that went to housing was far less than it is today. So, I mean, housing prices are higher, taxes are higher, insurance is higher, all those components factor into the equation. And, and, and I was just reading, I can't forget who it is, maybe it was Redfin or Rosillo, 
the median home price as of October was like $413,000. To your point, that's a large sum of money. And if you're earning a modest income, which most Americans are, most of us are, that's a high number. I mean, even putting 20% down on that, Carl, what's that, like 80, a little over $80,000? That's a lot of money to be saving. Yeah, and to that point, I mean, a lot of the the um, programs that states offer for grants, sometimes they run out of money right around uh, Q3, Q4. So, you know, hopefully they replenish it. But a lot of people are seeking those alternative programs or maybe they can put in a little bit less money down. I think there's still some of that um, trepidation of people who are like, wait a minute, I remember back in 08, 09, people were underwater. And I've always thought that, you know, but the kids who grew up in that area, era, maybe they were in high school or maybe even in college and heard their parents say, oh, my house is underwater. I have to do a loan modification. I thought that would actually scare people from buying homes, but it didn't. I mean, we saw once the market corrected itself around 2011, 2012, it started moving away a little bit. All of a sudden now that age group started wanting to be homeowners. But now that same desire is met with that hurdle of, again, like you said, the cost and everything else. I mean, look at insurance. I mean, whether it's health insurance, car insurance, homeowners insurance, that's all a big component of it. And at some point, our municipality is going to start raising the tax rates because they need to raise money too. So that can add to it. So we'll see how this all progresses. Yeah, I was going to ask you, let's talk, before we go to commercial break, I want to ask you about aging in place. It's something we talked to Guy Sabatino, Guy Sabatino about more and more. And I think it gives an advantage to the, the, the boomer generation over the Gen Z, even the millennial generation who don't have a lot of income. When going into some of these deals, if you don't have equity or you don't have a house to swap and you're a first-time buyer, you're, you're kind of screwed in terms of buying that home because you're competing against someone who's got a lot more equity, a lot more money, probably better credit score. Yeah, and if it's a cash deal, you know that can work. Bridge loans are an important part of that. We're seeing people who take a bridge loan, which is a way to take the equity out of your current house and use that as your cash to buy the next one, and then you pay it off when you sell your house. So that's another way to leverage those things. And we're also seeing a little bit of an uptick in uh, people using reverse mortgages to purchase their next house. But the other thing, to your point, I'm also seeing multi-generational housing, where you'll see someone who's maybe in their 60s, 70s decide, I don't need this four-bedroom house anymore. But then their younger kids who have grandkids, and maybe they're working remotely or they have to go back to work now, they're deciding, hey, we'll sell mom's house. She moves in with us and we convert the garage and put an addition on. It doesn't cost that much more. And now you're sharing the cost of everything. You have built in daycare if need be. Um, maybe maybe they need the medical attention. I mean, it, we're starting to see that. And that's going to change the landscape a little bit. I'm even seeing builders offer brand new homes that have mother-in-law suites already attached. You know, I would, I'll, I'll just put it out there, Carl. I need to go to a commercial break, but I would love to live with my parents again. I mean, I'll pay my fair share of the bills, but I think it would be kind of come full circle. Carl, I want to take a very quick break. When we come back, we'll talk more about the real estate market, mortgage rates, and a lot more. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN AM. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. 
We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses, I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Carl, thanks so much for staying with us. Really appreciate you hanging around for segment number two this morning. My pleasure. Uh, I want to ask you about this uh, NAR uh, lawsuit. Um, you know, it's been a lot in the media. A lot of the financial channels have covered it. I'm not sure it's really filtered its way to Main Street. I, I certainly need an education. What, is, what does this all mean? What was the case and what does it all mean for your business and the future of real estate sales? Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. So a federal judge out in the Midwest ruled uh, for the plaintiffs that uh, the, it was sort of the commissions, the, the plaintiff, if I remember correctly, was saying that, hey, I'm paying full commission. I'm paying the 6%, but I have no say in who the bar hires. So why am I paying that? Um, you know, if this does go through, it's going to be interesting to see, like, well, a lot of realtors move away from buyers, representing buyers because of how they could get paid. And then now there's talk about, can they, are they going to lobby FHFA, which oversees Fannie and Freddie and, and HUD, which oversees uh, FHA, about how can they turn around and add the buyer's, quote, commission on top of the loan amount. So that'll be interesting because if you do that, then you're going to start seeing higher loan to values which a lot of people were afraid of going back to what we said, you know, back in 2007, you know, people were saying, oh, you need more money down. That'll, that'll prevent some of these foreclosures because people have skin in the game. I never bought into that argument because if you look at USDA, which is no money down, VA, no money down, they have the lowest delinquency rates of some of the products out there. And even FHA with, you know, three and a half percent down, I mean, it's, or 3%, it's, it's to the point where, you know, I'm not really seeing the delinquencies there. Um, so I don't know that lack of money down means as much. I mean, it certainly is a contributing factor, but I don't think it has the prevalence that some people say. But you know, this lawsuit, you know, are they going to appeal? It's hard to say. If you know, if, if treble damages are awarded, I mean, I don't know how they survive that one because no one has that kind of insurance, right? So we'll we'll see how this changes. Uh, I do know a lot of realtors have been holding uh, workshops with their groups, talking about it and how to plan for it and everything else. But to your point, yeah, the main main street hasn't really heard too much about this yet, but and the little bits they are hearing are either from the pros and cons side of it. So they're not getting the whole story. So I think right now, maybe a little bit premature, but we'll see how this all transcends. There's a bunch more copycat suit lawsuits as well. So that that's going to add to it. Yeah, it tends to happen with the, the tort lawyers and the, the plaintiff's lawyers. They, all kinda, they got kind of all kind of consume it and, and it kind of builds up. And I, you know, I'm wondering if it's analogous at all to the to the financial services industry, because there are fee-for-service financial brokers, and then there are flat fee financial brokers. And it's kind of a competitive landscape where not everyone charges the same. 
I wonder if that could be a model. Again, we're hypo hypothesizing here. We don't even know if it's going to get appealed. Could go all the way, this, I guess, to the Supreme Court. But I wonder if, the, if, it's, if, it, if that is a roadmap, the financial services industry, to the, to, uh, the real estate commissions. Well, there's local and national realtor chains now that offer flat fees or reduced fees. But the problem is, if you look at it, let's say that a realtor group says, OK, we're a 2% flat fee. That's what they're charging the selling agent or the buyer's agent. But when it goes to the multiple list, some of those may be saying, well, we're still getting 6%. So all that really means is, do you get that 1% discount because they're splitting in half? So instead of 3%, you're saving 1%. Does the other end say, well, then we're going to take the four. So, I mean, those programs are out there now. I think part of the fear is that our, well, now with technology, Zillow and all these other things where you can look up all the information yourself. Some go say, well, I really don't need a realtor. I don't buy into that argument because yeah, if you look either. at FISBOs, they've never taken off low rates, high rates, whatever else. It is a complicated process and you definitely want representation. You want to make sure that, you know, the, the I guess the Viking stove and the chandelier, you know, the Tiffany chandelier stay and it's not replaced with the, you know, the chandelier from Timu or someone else, right? You, you yeah. put those things in writing, understand. And and each jurisdiction and state has rules too. I mean, in some cases, um, if you have, if you don't have the right verbiage or you have the right verbiage, but it's the wrong font size, that could create all kinds of issues where there's some cases where you can actually like rescind a purchase if some of those things happen. And that can create a ripple effect down the whole line. So I, I think realtors play a very important part, but I think like every industry, mine, yours, realtors, doctors, whatever, there's good apples and bad apples, right? You just, it's incumbent upon the consumer to do their research and due diligence and find the right one. I, I think that can, I'll just answer, respond to that and say, I agree. Uh, I think travel agents, I mean, they, they serve an important role. They're advocates for their clients. And look, they do it every day. And, and if I were buying a home, which is arguably probably one of the largest purchases any American will have, uh, is their home. It's the largest valued asset they probably will have in their um, outside of their retirement account, maybe. But um, I think you want someone who understands the, the nitty gritty, how to negotiate, to your point, making sure that the, the ceiling doesn't leak, that it's a properly uh, priced property. They're going to have all the comparables. And yes, you could do all the research in the world on Zillow and Redfin and all these other sites, but it's the context. How do you, how do you take the context of that to, to act what's best on your behalf. And I think having a proxy is a good thing. And you go back to 2020 and we had uh, people waiving appraisers, waiving home inspections, waiving all these other things. And a lot of times against the advice of the realtor, but the people wanted to bid the house. And it was one of those things where they lost out in the last six. So they put an escalation cause, paid $30,000, $40,000 more, waived all these things. And there's, there's surveys now where there's a high percentage of people who bought then regret making those decisions. They, they like the house, but they regret realizing, wow, I, I incurred a lot of uh, future expenses I wasn't counting on. Well, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. And that's why shows like ours and yours exist. Carl, always great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us. And we look forward to having you back on the program again very soon. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Have a happy Thanksgiving. And that wraps up this episode of BRNAM. Have a topic of interest, someone you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more in all in one place. Check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content, then visit our website. We're back again tomorrow with another edition of BRNAM. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget, 
Roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device.